Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring in offering, uh, worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. Good morning. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's great to be together. Welcome. Welcome to Big Valley Grace Community Church. To everyone who's here in our Modesto campus and everyone who's joining us live right now on our online campus, thank you, my friend. We're excited to be together. If you are here and it is your very first time, I want you to know we are so glad that you're here. No matter how you came in, no matter what state you came in, our hope is that you would leave full of hope as we point to Christ, who is our hope. That is our goal, is to point to Jesus Christ, who we have placed our hope in. Our confidence is not in ourself. Our confidence is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And we're glad that you're here. We hope that today is a great moment for you to be encouraged in hope in Christ. We've been in a series looking at hope, and Christ is our hope, and looking at the biblical, true historical account, the narrative of the coming of Christ, Jesus, to planet Earth. We're gonna do the same today. We're gonna be looking in the Gospel of Luke, chapter two, verses eight through 20. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible today. And the way here on the Modesto campus we can do that is right after the gathering, there are two doors right there. There's a sign that says the altar room. It's a room we pray for people in. We have Bibles there. And if you are here and do not have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible as a gift. It's our gift to you. And so please, after the gathering, come and let us give you a Bible. Also, if you don't have a Bible, the verses that I'm gonna read are gonna be on the screens. And so you'll be able to follow along on the screens as we walk through these passages. Before we get into our passage in Luke, I wanna look at one, uh, one passage that's very, very old. It is from a book called Job. It is about a man named Job, and he experienced great hardship and great difficulty. And this is what he says. He says, my spirit is broken. My days are extinct. The graveyard is ready for me. Where then is my hope? He had been brought to a place of great brokenness because of great hardship. Job had lost all of his possessions. So all of his livestock died. All of his agriculture was ruined and destroyed. And the majority of relationships he lost as all of his employees died and all of his children died. He experienced total devastation. And he says, my spirit is broken. In other words, I was once full. I was once complete, but now, because of struggle and loss, where I was whole, now I'm empty. Where I was complete, now I feel 
crushed. To lead him to say, my days are extinct. The graveyard is ready for me. In other words, what's the point? What's the purpose for my life? What's the path that I'm supposed to move forward in? What's the perspective that I'm supposed to have understanding all of this devastation that I'm experiencing, this hardship that I'm going through? He was full of questions. And many of those questions probably remained unanswered. And I don't know if you have been experiencing hardship. Maybe you're in a time of hardship or maybe you've been experiencing times of hardship. Lots of hardship strung together in a row. And maybe you have a lot of questions. And maybe your questions are unanswered. We want you to know we're so glad you're here. And our goal is to point you to hope in Jesus Christ, even in the midst of the great difficulty you're experiencing. He ends by saying, where then is my hope? It's not that he does not want to have hope. This question, where then is my hope, is expressing a desire, a longing for hope. But because he is in such great desperation, because of his hardship, he asks the question, where then is my hope? Even in the story of Christmas, there's hardship. There's hardship right in the middle of the story of Christmas. The, the true historical account of the coming of Christ. And the passage that we're going to look at, we're going to look at a piece of that hardship. It says in the same region, in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in a field keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, the reason it says that, it says that the shepherds were in the same region, not the same locations, because they weren't in the same place, in the same exact spot where Christ was born, but they were in the same region. And part of that is because shepherds were kept kind of out on the outskirts. They were really separated from society. They were kind of kept away. And so nearby, but kind of kept away, there were some shepherds when Christ was born. They were out in the field, and that lets you know the conditions that their job had them in. They were outside. I want you to imagine what it would be to be outside for the last seven days in this location. What would that have experienced been for you? In this location, with the weather that we've had this last week, that you would be outside for seven days straight. Well, they, in their work, they were outside all the time. They were out in the field. Because their job was to keep watch over the flock. That tells you their responsibility. And that's a hard job, especially because sheep don't want to do what you tell them to do. And so they're always wandering off. So their responsibility is difficult. Their job is tough. And they have hard hours. It says they were doing it by night. They're the night shift. And this group of shepherds, the night that Christ was born, they were just coming to work. And they were on the outside of society. Their conditions were outside in the field. Their responsibility is difficult as they're caring for these sheep. And their hours are tough. They're doing it by night. And this is who God chooses to include in his story. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. I imagine that would have been very frightening. I've never had an angel of the Lord appear to me, but I imagine if an angel of the Lord would appear to me, whether I was working the night shift or the day shift, it would not matter, I would be terrified. And it said, the glory of the Lord shone around them. So God shows up to this group of people, these shepherds who are on the outskirts, they're kind of on the outside of society, and God chooses them. They're not esteemed by everyone. They're not the uppity-ups. 
And God shows up to them. And he does it through an angel. And it says that the glory of the Lord shone around them. They're in pitch darkness under the sky, you know, under the stars. And in that moment, the brightness of God shows up. And this is what happens to them. It says they were filled with great fear. They're terrified that this happens. They're filled with great fear. So the angel begins to speak. And because they're filled with great fear, the first thing that comes out of the angel's mouth is fear not. Because they're afraid. And if the angel doesn't start with fear not, they're probably not going to hear anything else the angel says because they're terrified. And so the angel says, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Is there any way that would be less terrifying maybe to bring this good news? You know, here good news is coming and it's for great joy, but it's coming in a way that totally frightens them. But it's supposed to be good news and it's supposed to bring them great joy. And it says, the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, all the people, all the people. These shepherds, they probably thought they were nobodies. They're the overlooked. The culture saw them as like some sort of necessary evil. They needed the shepherds to do their job so that they would have lambs for religious worship, but they didn't really want to spend time with the shepherds. They didn't want to be with the shepherds. That's why they kept the shepherds away. And that's who God chooses to be a part of his story. That the angel would come and share to them, I bring you good news of great joy, not just for them, but that would be for all the people. These are the least likely for God to show up to. And God chooses the least likely in his story. And I don't know what your experience has been. Maybe you can relate to some of what I have described about what the experience of being a shepherd was. But I want you to know that God chooses the least likely. And God shows up to the least likely. And he chooses these shepherds in his story that he might use them to bring this incredible good news that's gonna bring great joy for all the people. And what is this great news? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's the good news that the angel brings to the shepherd so that everybody could know the good news. Unto you this day is born in the city of David. The reference to the city of David there, David is a reference to Israel's greatest king. David was from a city, and the city he was from was then called the city of David. So it's referring to the place where David grew up. David was a shepherd. He was a shepherd boy. He grew up as a shepherd, taking care of sheep. And it's interesting that God now comes to these shepherds and says, hey, today, in this day, in the city of David, a Savior's born who's Christ the Lord. You see, God had spoken to David in this way. God told David, hey, you are a shepherd of sheep, but I'm gonna raise you up so that you might be a shepherd over the people. And so God takes a shepherd boy who cared for sheep and he raises him up to be the shepherd over the nation of Israel. And God promised David something. He promised David that in his house there would always be a son to sit on the throne. That he would have a kingdom that would never end. 
And in this moment, the angel is coming to a group of shepherds saying, do you remember the promise that God made to the shepherd, David, about how he would have a son to sit on the throne? That promise is coming true, and it's coming true today. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. God is fulfilling his promise. And to have the shepherds understand that what they were hearing was true, the angel says, I'm going to give you a sign. And the sign I'm going to give you is going to be for the proof that you would know that what I've just told you is the truth. And here's the sign. You're going to find a baby. And the baby is going to be wrapped in swaddling cloths. And the baby's going to be lying in a manger. So an angel comes to these least likely shepherds to give them good news of great joy. And it is about today in the city of David, a Savior's born. And this Savior is Christ the Lord. And you will see a sign that what I'm saying is true. You're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, you know, the choir shows up now. It says there was an, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. So not just the angel now. It's like a lot of heavenly beings are now in this scene. And they're all praising God and they're saying something. And what they're saying is glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. I mean, what an incredible scene that God would choose in his story as he writes the story of Christ's coming to include this group of people called shepherds who are on the outcast of society. Their conditions are hard. Their work is hard. Their hours are hard. Everything about their life is hard. They live in hardship. And God chooses them to be a part of his story that they would be a witness to not only the angel bringing the good news of great joy for all the people, but that they would also see the heavenly hosts open up, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. These shepherds just thought they were coming to work that day. And they got a whole lot more than their shift in this moment as God shows up to those that we might say are the least likely. Our team, to help utilize more of our senses to really get a handle on this biblical narrative, our team has put together a short film. And I wanna encourage us to enjoy this short film together that's based on this account. my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures did you forget the next line Benjamin no I was just thinking hmm. do you ever wonder if we're in the same exact place the same oh. spot that David was when he wrote that like when he fought wild animals or, or when Samuel called him to be king. The only thing, Benjamin, that I wonder is how I always seem to get stuck with you when it's my rotation. <laughs> 
for the night watch. Hey, <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> So you don't think about David? Not one bit. My business is sheep, Benjamin. I count them, I tend them, I watch them, and I keep them. That's it. Not about prophecy, not about Messiah. Nope. I leave that to the professionals. See, the rabbis have their job, and I have mine. <laughs> now I see. What is it that you think that you see? You have a problem with the rabbis. <laughs> oh, Benjamin. I'll tell you what. You come with me on the next delivery, and you'll see. I guarantee the looks that you get from the religious class won't be looks of admiration. We are dirty, we're smelly, and we're contaminated with a many number of unclean things. <laughs> but they make allowances. They understand that we're unable to keep up with the ritual cleansing. I, too, like you, was a dreamer when I was younger. Really? Yes. But now I'm a realist. And what I'm saying is, I have my role, and they have theirs. They've spent years debating over and over who's coming, how he's coming, when he's coming. I'm sure that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And David. And David. Have more important learned men to visit than the ones caring for the smelly sheep. So I doubt that I'll see any real messiah anytime soon. You have to remember, Benjamin, it's been a thousand years since David wandered these fields. Well, that's certainly how long my first week on the job seemed. <laughs> am I that long-winded, am I? No, no, that's... Well, yes. <laughs> you, I mean, you were always so... Careful. Careful, that's it. You were always so careful to impress upon me the importance of this job, the seriousness of taking care of the lambs who go to Jerusalem for temple sacrifice. Yes, of course. I mean, we are shepherds, but we're not just any, any kind, kind of, of shepherds. shepherds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> come, come, come. Why are you away from the others? Hush, hush, hush. Come, come. What's wrong? Why are you scared? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's okay. It's okay. Go on. Eli! Eli, come! Come look at this! What is it, Benjamin? What? What is it, Benjamin? Something that has been here over a thousand years. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy hands, the moon and stars which thou hast ordained.
What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man which thou hast visited him? For thou hast made man a little lower than the... What is it? Hey, angel! Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Jesus provides real hope, even in the midst of our hardship, right in the place that it is most difficult. The struggle and the loss is greatest. Jesus Christ offers real hope right in that place, right in the midst of our hardship. We see a glimpse of this even in the shepherds. In their response after this account, in verse 15 in our text, it says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Let us go over to Bethlehem and to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known. But not just that the Lord has made it known, which the Lord has made known to us. That he came to make known to us that we might know it. Let's go. Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and they found Mary. Mary is the mother of Jesus. And Joseph, Joseph is the man whom Mary was betrothed to Mary. And the baby, the baby is the baby the angels said they would find. The baby who in this day in the city of David has been born a savior, Christ the Lord. And the baby was lying in a manger, the proof that what the angel told them was true. And so they went with haste and they found Mary and they found Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And I want you to just imagine in this moment, like a baby has just been born and these shepherds from the outcast of society, straight from the field, they come running into the birthing room. I mean, I barely made it into the birthing room and, and they were my kids, Right? And here are these people who they didn't even know who they were. They come running in, inviting themselves into the birthing room. And when they saw the baby, they made known the saying 
that had been told them concerning this child. So not only do they come barging in, they begin to speak. Just imagine that. Imagine that scene now. I mean, every family has crazy uncles. Are these ours, right? And look at what the response is that Mary has. It says, all who wondered, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She chose in that moment to treasure what they were saying, to treasure who are these? And where do these people come from? Who are they? Why are they saying these things? She chose in that moment to treasure it all up, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, you know, back to where they belong, so to speak, back to the outside of town. They, they returned, and how did they return? Glorifying and praising God for all they had heard, for all they had seen, as it had been told them. They were so excited that God chose them to be a part of the story. They got to be included. They probably felt unworthy, and they were, because God did not include them because they were worthy. God included them because he decided to. God chose them to be a part of the story. It wasn't based on them. It was based on God. And God chose them, even in spite of the hardship that was their life, their conditions, their responsibilities, their hours, the way that they were kind of pushed out from society. And in that moment, the shepherd's hardship maybe came into perspective as they realized that God chose them to be a part of the story. And I don't know what it is, the hardship that you have experienced, but maybe as you hear us clearly call you to place your hope in Jesus Christ, maybe you'll begin to see some perspective of how God is including you in his story. There's two groups of people. One group of people experiences hardship but without God, and it is a place of hopelessness. Another group of people experience hardship, but they experience hardship with God, and they have hope even in the middle of their hardship because Jesus provides us with real hope. And I wanna share with you two ways that Jesus provides us with real hope. You do not need to live hopeless. You do not need to move forward in hopelessness because hope is available to you in Jesus Christ. And the first way that hope is available to you in Jesus Christ is hope now. Jesus has called you to live with hope now, like right now, like immediately, like beginning in this moment. Jesus wants you to experience hope now. Now, your situation, maybe it's been hard. Maybe your, your situation is, it's, it's hard right now. Maybe your situation is, it's about to get really hard. I don't know what kind of hardship you're going through, but don't wait to have hope. Have hope now, because Jesus is calling you to live with hope now. And true hope is having salvation from your sin. In Romans chapter five, verse one, it says, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we did not have peace, but now we have peace because of Jesus Christ. And the way that we've received peace because of Jesus Christ is because we've placed our faith 
in Jesus Christ. And because we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ, God has justified us by our faith. And because he's justified us by our faith, we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our confidence is not in ourselves. Our confidence is in Jesus Christ. The passage goes on to say, through him, we've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. In other words, through him, through that Jesus, the one that the angels told the shepherds about, that they would find a baby in swaddling cloths, in a manger, born to Mary, through him, through that Jesus, we've obtained something. And what we've obtained is the grace of God. And the grace of God is God giving us what we do not deserve. And what is it that God has given us that we do not deserve? He has given us salvation. And he has given us forgiveness. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That one and only son is the one and only son whom the angels told the shepherds about that they would find in the manger, born to Mary, who would grow up and live an absolutely perfect life and would die on the cross for your sin and my sin. When Jesus dies on the cross, that is what we celebrate at Good Friday. It is the day that Jesus died on the cross. The purpose of Jesus dying on the cross was to pay for your sin and to pay for my sin. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Through him, through that Jesus, that son that God has given, through him we've also obtained access when we place our faith in him into the grace of God, that God would forgive us for our sin and he would give us salvation through him. We've also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So we now stand in that grace. We stand in it. It's the position we have is in the grace of God. And when we stand in that grace, trusting in Jesus Christ as our God and as our Savior, having no confidence in ourselves and having full confidence in Jesus Christ, when we stand in that grace, this is the result. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It leads us to have hope in Jesus Christ. Incredible. The passage goes on to say, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. In other words, not only do we have hope because we have salvation in Jesus, but even when it's hard, even when they're suffering, we can rejoice in that. Why? Because knowing that that suffering produces endurance, and that endurance produces character, and that character produces hope. It's hope right now. It's hope right now because we have salvation in Jesus and it's hope right now even in the middle of the hardship because God is using even the hardship to confirm our hope in Jesus Christ in him alone. And it's our goal to call you into hope, to place your hope in Jesus Christ as your God and your savior, to trust in Jesus Christ in his life, his death on the cross for our sins, his burial like dead, dead in a tomb sealed, dead, burial. But God didn't leave him buried because on the third day, God resurrected him to new life. And that is what we celebrate on Resurrection Sunday or Easter. It's that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is in Jesus Christ because he has paid for our sin on the cross. 
And when he was resurrected from the dead, he conquered death. So he has conquered sin and he has conquered death. And he invites us to trust in him that our sin might be conquered in him and that our death might be conquered in him. And in the same way that he has been resurrected to new life, that we would have life in Jesus Christ. Jesus offers hope now. And he offers us hope forever. Hope moving forward. Jesus has prepared an inheritance for you to live with hope forever. And the next verse explains how we move forward in hope. It says, hope does not put us to shame. In other words, as we move forward hoping in Jesus Christ, we will not be put to shame that we have trusted in Jesus Christ. We will never find ourselves ashamed that we have placed our hope in Jesus in him alone. Hope does not put us to shame. In other words, Jesus does not put us to shame. So not only can we have hope now, but we can have hope forever, moving forward, because hope doesn't put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us. How does God demonstrate his love? God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still on the outcast, while we were still on the outside, Christ died for us. Since therefore we now have been justified by his blood, being justified by his blood is a reference to him dying on the cross for our sin. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Why do we need to be saved from the wrath of God? Well, the eternal punishment for sin is hell. And hell is the opposite of hope. And if the eternal punishment for sin is hell, then it's important for us to understand what is the eternal salvation from sin. And the eternal salvation from sin is hope. And that hope is Jesus Christ. And so we move forward in hope forever because the future is full of hope. The future is full of hope. And as we move forward, we move forward full of hope. The question is, are you ready to live full of hope? Are you right now ready to live full of hope? The scriptures give Christ this title, Christ Jesus, our hope. That's who he is. Christ Jesus, our hope. Hope has a name, and the name hope has is Jesus Christ. Hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. Our hope is not based in ourselves. It is not based in our circumstances. Our hope is based in Jesus Christ. It's based in a person, the Son of God, Jesus. The question is, are you ready for Christ Jesus to be your hope, that you could say, Christ Jesus, my hope? There's two groups of people that I wanna talk to in this moment. The first group of people I wanna talk to, if you are here and you have never placed your hope in Jesus Christ, I wanna encourage you right now to place your hope in Jesus Christ. I wanna call you to place your hope in Jesus Christ. And my confidence to do so is not based in me, it is based in Jesus Christ. Our confidence is in Christ. And if you are here and you know, you have heard me share the word of God, you have heard me share the scripture, you have heard me share about Christ Jesus is our source of hope. And if you are here and you know, you need to place your hope in Jesus Christ right now, I want you to know God knows it too. 
And if you're here and you need to place your hope in Jesus Christ and you know it, God knows it also. God also knows you need to place your hope in Jesus Christ. The thing is, none of us know it, and we would love to encourage you in placing your hope in Jesus Christ, and we would love to celebrate with you as you place your hope in Jesus Christ, and we would love to pray for you as you place your hope in Jesus Christ. So if you are here, and for the first time, you know you need to place your hope in Jesus Christ right now. God knows you need to place your hope in Jesus Christ right now. I challenge you. Would you stand up so we can pray for you? We wanna celebrate with you and we wanna encourage you as you place your hope in Jesus Christ. And if you're here and you need to place your hope in Jesus Christ, stand up right now. Awesome, very cool. Who else? You're here and you need to place your hope in Jesus Christ. You know it and God knows it. Awesome, right there. Who else? That's great. And you may be thinking, why are you asking me to stand? Why are you asking me to do something bold? Well, God has loved you boldly, so I'm not afraid to ask you to do something bold and to stand right there. Awesome. Awesome. Right there. Awesome. That's great. God has loved you boldly. He's loved you so much. All right. For those who are standing, and maybe you're waiting until the last minute, now's it. For those who are standing, keep standing. We're gonna pray for you right now. Father God, Lord, thank you for those who are standing. God, thank you that right now they are very publicly saying, awesome, they're very publicly saying, I wanna place my hope in Jesus Christ. And so God, for those who are standing, Lord, would you reveal how much you love them? Would you reveal to them how much you love them and how much you care for them? Would you pour out your love on them and your grace and your mercy? And in this moment right now, God, would you encourage them as they are standing and they're saying, I wanna have hope in Jesus Christ. Now, if you are here and you are standing, I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you to tell Jesus, Jesus, I'm placing my hope in you. Just tell him that. Tell him Jesus Christ is my God. You just tell him that right now. Jesus Christ is my hope. Jesus Christ is my savior from my sin. And I am trusting in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone as my God and my savior. You just tell God right now, you just tell him Jesus Christ is my hope. God, as these people are so boldly right now proclaiming their hope in Christ, would you meet them right where they are? Would you bless them? Would you encourage them? Would your hand be on them? And would you help them take the very next steps that you have for their life as they are placing their hope in Jesus Christ? And would you walk with them, Lord, each step of the way as they are trusting in Jesus as their hope. And so God, thank you so much that you have allowed us together to be able to witness God at work. What a gift. And so Lord, we honor you and we exalt Christ and Christ alone in this moment. 
And we pray blessing over those who are standing. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our hope and all God's family said. Amen. Let's praise God for what he's doing right now. It's awesome. Great. Awesome. So wonderful. If you were standing, you can be seated. There's a second group that I want to talk to. And maybe you've previously placed your hope in Jesus Christ. But you have experienced some great hardship. Life has really taken you off track. And whether it's because of your own decisions or the decisions of someone else or because of the circumstances or because of hardship has just worn you down. Whatever the reason is, if you are here today and you have previously placed your hope in Jesus Christ, but today is the day you know you need to renew your hope in Jesus, this is a safe place. I would encourage you to stand so that we can pray for you right now. So if you are here and you need to place your hope uh, to renew your hope in Christ today, just stand and we wanna pray for you. And this is a safe place to stand. And if that is true for you, you need to renew your hope in Jesus, I would encourage you to stand right now. Awesome, awesome, right here. It's great. Praise God. Awesome. Wow. That's great. That's great. Up in the balcony, I see you as well. Awesome. Who else? Awesome. Great. Sorry, the lights are kind of like blinding me. It's hard to see. It's great. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. This is wonderful. Wow, very good. Awesome, very good. How, how great is this? You're here, and today you know you need to renew your hope in Jesus Christ. If that is true for you, I would encourage you to stand right now because I'm gonna pray, and I would love to pray for you, and we wanna celebrate that you are renewing your hope in Jesus Christ today. So stand. Okay, this is a safe place. It's awesome. Very cool. All right, let's pray. Father God, my heart is so full of joy right now as we're seeing you work in people's hearts. We're seeing Christ Jesus, our hope, right now working in our midst. Incredible. And God, for those who are standing, whether it's their own choices or the choices of someone else, whether it's the circumstances or the hardship of life that has gotten them off track or for whatever reason, today they know they need to renew their hope in you. God, may right now you pour out your love and your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy and your compassion on them and may they know how much you love them. God, may right now be a great moment for all those who are standing to renew their hope in you as they are loved by you as you love them. And if you are standing right now, my encouragement is that you would tell the Lord, I am hoping in Jesus, that you would actually tell him that. I would encourage you right now to do it. Tell him, I am hoping in Jesus. I am hoping in Jesus as my God. I would encourage you to tell him. I would encourage you to tell him, I am hoping in Jesus as my savior from my sin, that you would actually tell God that you are hoping in him. That you would tell him, I am hoping in Jesus. God, for those who are standing, I pray, Lord, that you would help them in the very next steps that you want them to take. 
that they might be so encouraged as they walk with you in hope. Lord, that they would be so blessed by you as they move forward having a renewed sense of hope in Jesus Christ. So Lord, would your hand be on them and your blessing be on them. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our hope and all of God's family said. Amen. Let's praise God for what he's doing right here. It's awesome. It's so great. So great. So great. Wow. There's three ways we'd love to follow up with you. If you have a phone, you can simply text HOPE to the number on the screen, which is 833-577-1604. You can text the word HOPE to 833-577-1604. Whether you're on the Modesto campus or you're on the online campus, you can, you can use your phone to do that. Also, on the Modesto campus and in an online version on the online campus, but in the Modesto campus here, we have these cards. They're located in the seat pocket in front of you. It's called a Connect card. You can fill out the front. That let, lets us know who you are. And on the back, there's a place to let us know the decision that you're making today. My decision today is to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. If that is true, then we would encourage you to check that box and let us know. Or to renew and reaffirm, reaffirm and renew my relationship with Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, you're renewing your hope in Jesus today, we would encourage you to check that box and let us know. You can fill this card out. Next to every exit is a black box next to the door. And you can take these cards and you can place them in the black box. That would be another way for us to be able to follow up with you and walk with you in hope. So whether you text or you fill out a card, we want to walk with you in hope. The third way is right after the gathering, there are two doors over here. And on the other side of those two doors, we installed two doors. And on the other side of the other two doors, it's just a room we pray for people in. We call it the altar room. And we have a team, they are ready for you. And if you are making a decision regarding hope in Christ today, whether for the first time or you're renewing it, we have a team ready to pray for you. And I would encourage you, if you came by yourself, come, you'll find a group here. If you came with a group, bring them all. Bring everybody, our team's ready. And we're ready to pray for you. And we're excited to pray for you. And we wanna give you a Bible, we wanna give you a gift, we wanna help you. So whether you text or use the card or you come and allow us to pray for you in person, we just wanna follow up with you and wanna walk with you as you're placing your hope in Christ. Let's stand together. We're gonna finish our time together by singing our hope in Christ. And I wanna share with you one verse as we close. This is Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. In other words, we move forward full of hope. That's how we move forward. We move forward full of hope and we will encourage one another to move forward full of hope that we will live overflowing with hope in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you for what you are doing right here. Lord, this is incredible, and we honor you. We exalt Christ. We worship Christ for the glory of God, and we thank you for how you're working, and would you continue to work. Lord, as we worship you, may we be full of hope as we worship Jesus Christ, the child of Christmas. Lord, we love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name, who is our hope, and all God's family said, amen.